0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. It's a Tuesdays upon as we check out the happenings of the market. Some interesting things happening and kind of revolves around the weather. We're going to get more details coming here from Sue Martin. Sue is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. And first and foremost, you know, we thought this frost freeze talk, Sue, was taken out of the picture last week. But Mother Nature's kind of throwing it back in as we get closer to October.
1: Well, it is. Um We basically have a forecast of lows in the upper 20s and 30s uh, Fahrenheit that should occur from Montana into northern Minnesota behind this next storm system that's to come through. And the 30s will occur in portions of South Dakota, southern Minnesota, Wisconsin, northern Iowa, and western Nebraska early to midweek next week. So that will be a concern if you've got crops that are just not quite ready yet which south dakota certainly has um southern minnesota does too and of course wisconsin would fall in that as well um i think that uh, also another thing to keep an eye on is is that as this storm system is forecast to pass through here later this week it's um to affect the far northern plains and canada's southern and eastern prairies and over the weekend, and of course, um, it's expected to generate some rain mixed in with snow because of the colder air that's uh, going to push in and try to move more southward into the northern U.S. plains and upper Midwest as it continues to move into the middle to early part of next week. So, your last day of the month is next Monday, and then you know the first day of October is on Tuesday.
0: Well, there's a lot of a lot of worries, and I think cringing as you as you look at that forecast, especially areas of you know upper South Dakota and the the parts of North Dakota that the crops are so far behind. Into you know northern Minnesota, into Wisconsin, not what they want to hear when it comes to talk about some adverse weather moving in. No,
1: it isn't. But you know the um, uh, timing of this really is fitting in with the latest forecast that we had seen on the negative arctic oscillation and the negative eastern pacific oscillation index and the negative western pacific oscillation index projections Um, all three of those have been in synchronicity and so it really does fall into place with that forecast so it's going to be interesting to see if um, that totally comes into play because it certainly would be a little too early for some of the crops in these areas and then of course the next thing will be assessing just how much of the crop got hurt
0: you know you you talk about the weather and earlier today uh, we saw that the spring wheat was really kind of being the the leader in a mixed trade that we saw over the midday and you said it kind of revolves back into what we're seeing weather-wise in minnesota well it is
1: um spring wheat is 87 percent harvested and so we still have about 13% left in the fields. You know, yesterday there was pictures on Twitter of some, uh, spring wheat, even in fields that were underwater. And so that, you know, kind of gave support to the Minneapolis wheat. Uh, there's been a lot of unwinding of spreads where they've been long Chicago, KC, and short Minneapolis. Those spreads have been unwinding here yesterday and again today and so that's also giving support underneath the Minneapolis wheat contract. So, you know, we were up another 7 and a quarter cents today on December Minneapolis. But um, you know, the Chicago and the KC were lower, but not by much. They were very quiet. It actually was a very quiet trade today.
0: Do you see any surprises as you looked at those USDA numbers coming from NAS yesterday as to where we're at progress wise for all the grains?
1: Well, I think that, um, you know, you've seen Illinois improve. Um, I would have thought there should have been better improvement for the beans, but maybe some areas just had too much rain, and so beans don't like wet feet. But uh, beans remained unchanged while corn showed 2% improvement. You um, know, the states of uh, North Dakota and South Dakota and Minnesota, certainly show that and wisconsin showed that they were having a little bit of an issue um as well and of course illinois gained a percent in beans iowa lost a percent so there's your two major states one's compensating for the other so it's going to be interesting you know we are starting to hear some yields coming in of uh, the combines that have gotten started and thus far, the yields we're hearing beans are down from a year ago, uh, even in the y- yields that we've heard out of Nebraska, that they're a little bit less. And I think that's kind of a surprise because Nebraska was thought to be one of the darling garden spots.
0: Well, you know, you talk about that. And is it? Do you think the fact that they're getting those combines in the field now, so they're getting more of that proof in the pudding, shall we say, that you and I have been talking about this whole growing season? Well, I think they are,
1: and I think we'll see more of that. Um, we need to get a whole lot more going and of course everybody's just too wet west of the mississippi and east we've heard some yields out of uh, the very far western side of illinois and of beans that came out last friday and saturday and those beans did ever bit as good as last year at 71 bushels to the acre but we've heard a lot of others that have come out and it's not unusual to hear 40 30 that type of thing on beans as well. We've heard some corn yields, uh, especially more so in Iowa and into parts of Illinois. And those yields have been a little bit on the disappointing side. I think I've only heard one decent yield.
0: Well, hopefully as as the warm temperatures that we've had the last couple of days helps to push maturity along on that crop, we start to see a pickup in the pace of harvest. Um, Even though it's running behind, it's still about, even though you talk about last year and the delays that we saw, we can't forget that. That's right. And I think that when we look at this uh, harvest coming,
1: you know, the heat was actually a godsend for some of the, uh, especially eastern Corn Belt areas, to kind of push them along. But there's other areas that are dry, and that heat just accentuated it.
0: around folks, more is coming up. It is the Tuesday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontanelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As Sue Martin continues to join us for part two. Let's talk exports. Mexico did secure 200,000 metric tons of corn. That came across the Daily Wire. We know that there's other influences and concerns out there. So let's first of all talk about the corn side. At least we're seeing some purchases coming. And I know that there's the push to get USMCA passed. Nice to see that Mexico's buying.
1: Well it is. And um I think Mexico has continued to be a pretty avid buyer of US corn. And I think that um I think they're in favor of getting this passed. Uh Canada I think is too. It's you know, it's interesting, Susan. I was speaking out in Kearney, Nebraska in November, I think November thirteenth or something like that last year. And you and I were talking that day Uh, They came out, the Democratic Party came out and stated that they were going to have to re uh, revisit or review and renegotiate maybe the uh, U.S.-Mexico-Canadian agreement. And I feared right then that we wouldn't have anything done in a very timely fashion. And so far, that is the case. Farmers need to reach out to, especially the Democratic farmers, need to reach out to their party and say, hey, we need some help here. You know, come on, sign this thing and get it put together. There's no reason they can't do it. But in the meantime, you know, we look at exports, and, and China's August ex- or imports of corn were down about 28.9% from a year ago. But if you look at January through August, Chinese corn imports actually were up 30.1% from a year ago's pace. So that's impressive. It's just unfortunate it's not much of anything coming out of the U.S. But um, they're more focused on beans. But you look at South American weather, and that is very much a concern. They're um, hot and dry, especially in the center to the north. And, uh, of course, the south has been warmer. And at first they were talking they'd catch some rains. Now they've pulled the rains out. And you've got Argentina very warm and dry as well. In Argentina, by the way, is going into elections here around, I think, October 27th. And so it's going to be a concern because there is talk the country needs money and that President Mauricio Macri, if he gets reelected, is planning on putting taxation on soybeans and then, of course, probably raising taxes back on corn and wheat. So that's going to be interesting and the trade will be watching. But But the weather in Brazil is very important. Because that's been, you know, China's other avenue to go to to get uh, crops.
0: You look at the struggle that they've had. I know that there's some areas that, as you mentioned, I mean, very dry. We're still not hearing a lot of word, though, about how and where they are in the, in the planting progress.
1: They're pretty much, um, I don't think they've had a lot get planted. Uh, farmers have been very aggressive, especially in Monte Grosso. Um, that's one of the largest producing states, and they're landlocked. Um, but farmers there have, I think they're like about 87% sold, or 85, 87% sold of the 2018-19 crop, and they're like around 35% sold on the new crop that's going to get planted. Um, but they're waiting for some rain, and then once they catch the rains, they'll start in uh, with their planting in earnest. Um, it's you know once you get into mid October, then this weather's going to have everybody 's attention more so, and uh because from then on it starts getting a little bit later, and of course, the later that the crop goes in on beans, the later the second crop gets planted next year in in January February
0: as we jump over to corn, okay, as we jump over to the livestock side to so feeder cattle we we saw them kind of rally disappear, shall we say, as the day went on. What are your thoughts on how feeders have been trading and the influence that we might be seeing from the live cattle side?
1: Well feeder cattle have been very, very strong. And they have had a, a just a nice dynamic move. And you know, there's talk that they think the fats are forming a, a head and shoulders bottom uh, possibly might even have a v-bottom going a v-bottom if that's the case they are real dynamic and they tend to take out previous major highs um, but in the meantime there's an old uh, um, pattern on cattle if they break the market down on fats into august the market tends to rally into october If it rallies into August, it reverses and tends to go down into October, and this market made lower lows in August, and again, of course, tested those lows and took it out by ever so little, but then double-bottomed, and we've been turned up ever since. The feeders are trying to play catch-up with where the cash markets have been, and so the feeder market's been very vibrant and very strong, but you need the deferred contracts of cattle to come around, too, to be able to make it worthwhile
0: paying what you're paying for these feeders all right lots of great things looked at today sue what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you
1: well our number is 1-800-527-0051
0: and y'all have a great day thanks so much sue martin joining us today this is brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local Fontenelle dealers don't forget your android and your apples you can get the podcast of this daily after three o'clock it's a Fontenelle final bell on the Rural radio network